Good evening, everybody. You're tuned into Cheap Tuesdays, 101.5 UMFM. I'm your host, Dan. The first half of the show today, we're going to take a look at a, a, another feature. I was doing this a couple of times last year, some of my favorite bands of all time, and I thought I'd go back to it because I started checking out some U.S. Maple again. Oh, yes, you're going to get a U.S. Maple feature for the first half of the show. So um, it all started back... And this is according to their own words. In Chicago, Illinois, sometime early 1995, the four of us meet near the corner of Grand and Western Avenues to discuss a way in which to erase rock and roll entirely from our collective minds. We then set out to devise a working method for reorganizing the rock and roll, keeping what we feel are its most important core elements. And so we can really check this out in their early uh, material, especially, as you're going to hear first, one of their first releases was a cover of ACDC's Sin City. I mean, what better rock to start off with, with deconstructing than ACDC? So you're going to hear that one off the Epic Skin Graft covers, ACDC covers series. wasn't actually the first thing that they recorded. There was a 7-inch that came out with a song that was later put on their first album called Long Hair in Three Stages. So we're going to hear two tracks because they're both quite short. One called Aplamado and then... One from their very first single that was, again, re-recorded called When a Man Says Ow. And we'll come back after that. This is Cheap Tuesdays, 101.5 UMFM.
you're back on Cheap Tuesdays 101.5 UMFM. You just heard several tracks from U.S. Maple. From Long Hair in Three Stages, we heard When a Man Says Ow. And we heard Aplomado. And then before that, we heard uh, one of their first releases. The thing that I think was was readily available up in Canada anyway before anything else was was the first place I certainly heard them and a bunch of people I know. The uh, Skin Graft ACDC covers series. We heard them doing Sin City. So, moving on, uh, this uh, they did a really cool thing with long hair in three stages. They made a thousand copies with a uh, large aluminum sheets that were sectioned, trimmed, and cut, and then punch-pressed, and the edges were dulled, and they were hand-polished. Extremely rare. So then we go on to uh, their next release, and, and these next two releases, I think, are sort of like, I would call them the like nadir of, of their sort of deconstruction of rock. This is where they're the most sort of like messed up, especially their follow-up called Sang Fat Editor. So according to them, in their words, our second full-length effort, we continue unraveling song and structure, reveal themselves only as bit and pieces. Here, musical subtleties intensify beneath an awkward space while derelict singing calls for the head of rock and roll. Sang Fat Editor is an all-out attack on rock's conventions. It's an album that's both complicated and satisfying. And I totally agree. It's fantastic. And so for their for their third release, they left Skingraft and went to Drag City. And this was 99, and they recorded the album Talker, which has long been one of my favorites. And here's how they explain it. It's a 33-minute story tying high school to the haunted house. Beautifully played songs inundated by the morose singing of a D-plus student. Talker is pandemonium mixed with guilt and silence. Music subtleties connote a celebration. Until then, they're obliterated, rained on, and beaten up. And uh, this is uh, singer Al Johnson's favorite of the U.S. Maple albums. And I used to agree, and now I'm rethinking it, and we'll get to that later. But uh, but uh, there's a lot of uh, lot of good arguments to say that this is the best uh, of their albums. So we're going to hear two tracks, then we're going to hear from Sang Fat Editor songs that have no making out. And then from Talker Stupid Deep Indoors. This is Cheap Tuesdays 101.5. <clears throat> Thank you. 
You are back on Cheap Tuesdays, and you just heard Stupid Deep Indoors from U.S. Maple's album Talker, and songs that have no making out from their album Sang Fat Editor. And uh, a lot of people, what makes or breaks U.S. Maple for them is the vocals. 
which I totally get, but I can't even imagine listening to the band without those vocals. I think they're fantastic, and they're totally unique. I mean, I don't know about you, but I, I can't think of a single person or a single band that has a singer that has a, a sort of style like he does. And he's actually very precise about his vocals are recorded. This is from a... a I found a, like a research paper on his vocals, which is which is a little bit like ridiculous, but let's one part of it's interesting. So it, it describes his recording process. He he records his vocals after the rest of the songs in place. He tends to record one phrase or word at a time, freeing him to draw out the particular character of each line as accurately as possible. So in such an extended process, he could spend up to three hours in a studio on a single song sometimes going as far as to record vowels and consonants separately. So their fourth record, Acre Thrills, came out in 2001, and it was quite a departure from before, and I think we can hear that when we look at the Pitchfork review. It says, U.S. Maple has released three albums before Acre Thrills, and this fourth effort represents a venture into actual melody, at least more than they've attempted before. Traditional chord progressions are sometimes utilized, and occasionally every instrument combines to create a full melody but then the guitar neck starts to bend again or the bassist hits a wrong note or the cymbals fall off and it's all according to plan. The drums create a much more of a rhythmic bass than usual but still sound as if the set's at the breaking point and could collapse at any minute. It creates an unpredictability missing in post-rock these days. I wouldn't quite call U.S. Maple post-rock, but they gave it a 9.1, which is a high mark for Pitchfork. And uh, on re-listening to it, I agree, it's a fantastic record. And uh, very much the beginning of this later period of, of U.S. Maple, which concluded with Purple on Time in 2003. And we'll get to that uh, when we come back. We're going to hear a track called Whoopi Invader from that one and uh, Make Your Bedroom Great from Acre Thrills. So enjoy.
You're back on Cheap Tuesdays. This will wrap it up. That last set there you heard from the 2003 album Purple on Time. Yeah, there's a period in there after Purple. You heard a track called Whoopi Invader. And uh, the Pitchfork guys didn't get it, I gotta say. A little bit disappointing. In some ways, maybe not surprising. Uh, But they gave it like a six. And here's, I think this sums up maybe, and I gotta be honest, when this album first came out, I didn't love it either. I thought that it was good but it was it was my least favorite of all of their albums but re-listening to it again these last couple of days i get it now and i think it's fantastic so it's their sort of it's the final step in their journey you know they started off with a sort of disjointed version of rock they sort of deconstructed it and then they've built it back up into something else so this is their final statement and so this is a this is a great little paragraph explaining i think somebody that doesn't quite get it so there's a big surprise when purple on time starts spinning My Little Shocker kicks off with a melody, and then there's a steady guitar line, and the drums play a beat, and then Al Johnson singing verses. What? You're hearing it right. U.S. Maple are actually rocking. So uh, he goes on to say, it's ridiculously straightforward, each track landing pretty much where you'd expect any rock song to, and I just, I don't think that's true. I think he needs to listen to it again. So you heard Whoopi Invader, and before that, Acre Thrills Make Your Bedroom Great. Uh, both fantastic albums. So, I mean, if you're, um, this is it now, and if you're looking to check out U.S. Maple, I mean, it's, uh, you've heard enough of it now to, not, to understand why it's so difficult to recommend one of these albums to you. As far as I'm concerned, it's a perfect discography. All five of those albums are fantastic. Um, if you're looking for something that's more sort of standard, uh, then start with the last two, Acre Thrills or Purple on Time. If you're not afraid to go on a journey, start at the beginning and just listen to each one in order and let yourself go on the journey because it's a, it's an unforgettable one. So completely changing gears now to the score for this week, a, a soundtrack actually, and uh, it's a request from a listener. Now, I don't get on Facebook that often because there's all kinds of issues with my VPN and it'll work and then it doesn't work and then it works again and then it doesn't work again. And after, you know, however many years of this shit now that, that, that I've been here in China trying to do this, I've just given up. So, uh, but I did get on randomly and saw that there was a, a request and I'm always happy to do that. So if you ever want to leave a request up there on the Facebook page, know that I might not see it for five months or a year, uh, but at some point I will. And uh, I'm always happy to check out new things. I'm uh, very open-minded, as I think you can tell, with music. Uh, so she recommended that I check out The Harder They Come. Now, this is uh, something like I, f- I feel like I should have heard of this before. You know, and I sort of feel like half embarrassed that I had no idea what this was. So this is a 1972 Jamaican crime film directed by Perry Hensel and co-written by... Trevor D. Roan, starring Jimmy Cliff, who is a famous reggae artist. And the film is most famous for its reggae soundtrack that is said to have brought reggae to the world. So enormously successful in Jamaica, the film also reached the international market and has been described as possibly the most influential of Jamaican films and one of the most important films from the Caribbean. And uh, I got to say, I'm not that up on my Caribbean music and cinema, so I, I... feel like this is something that I need to check out. And the, uh, the uh, soundtrack, like it said, saw a lot of the world, and a lot, especially the Western world, become more understanding of what reggae was and got really, like, got a lot of people into reggae. 
Um, so what we're going to do is basically there's a, quite a few artists repeated, so I just stuck to one track per artist. And uh, I'm not a massive reggae fan, but I enjoyed a lot of this. Um, don't go looking for me to be playing any Bob Marley anytime on the show soon, though. I think uh, if I never hear another Bob Marley song in my life, it'll still be too soon. So, uh, But we got some tracks here from Jimmy Cliff, Desmond Decker and the Aces, The Uniques, Toots and the Maytals, Johnny Nash, Ethiopians, Eric Donaldson, Dave Collins and Ansel Collins, The Melodians, as much as we can cram in. It's a fun one. Check out this uh, soundtrack, and uh, at some point I'm going to check out the movie. This will be it. This is done. Cheap Tuesdays, 101.5 UMFM. I'm your host, Dan. Thanks. See you next week. Get up in the morning, slaving for bread, sir. 
so that every mouth can be fed. Oh, me Israelites. Get up in the morning, saving for bread, sir, so that every mouth can be fed. She said I was yours to receive Oh, Israelite Shut them a tear up, chose is a go I don't want to end up like Bonnie and Clyde Oh, Israelite After a storm, there must be a calm If you catch me in a farm, you sound your alarm Thinking, you've got me thinking. There 
were times I thought that I was sinking, I was sinking, but I'll always want to be in that position where I, where I can see more clearly. Brothers, my friends, love your sisters, love your brothers and your sisters.
Get on me. 